you so very, very much. Um, then uh, are you ready for the word? Yes. All right. Well, I'm ready also. Uh, did anybody run track in this room? Anybody? Wow. Oh, yes, I remember. Oh, run. Okay, several of them. You, you remember that those were fun days, weren't they? And uh, you had to, whether you were a sprinter or a distance runner, you needed something inside you. Uh, because if you get off to a bad start, it usually means a bad finish. Um, and uh, sometimes if you get off to a, a good start, it just means you have to get better if you want to win <laughs> in the race. So I think that's how I feel today in our third service. I feel very strong, and I feel so strong I don't want to go too long and abuse you and then have you start to come to the 8.30 or 10.30. I uh, uh, appreciated the, the reading today uh, because as, uh, I'm doing something wrong, I think. Okay, let me try that. I taught when I was a kid. I, I had homeroom with a choir teacher. Um, she was my homeroom teacher maybe for a couple of years. And, and Mrs. Rutledge, I'll tell you lots of stories about Mrs. Rutledge. And she's kind of ruined me in a lot of ways as she was teaching me, and so there's some things I can't stand because Mrs. Rutledge would spank us if we said them. <laughs> and uh, but she always taught us to talk from your diaphragm. She was a, t a music teacher and a voice teacher. Talk from your diaphragm. And so I, I learned, I, I don't speak like a lot of people from here up. I speak from here, and I'm always pushing the air out, and I'm messing with these things. So that's why I do that. I, I can't break that habit because Mrs. Rutledge was you. She had a name for that thing that she would give you licks with. And so, so she, she just spanked me into doing that. I want to talk about a plumb line or the plumb line in the midst. And I stopped it there in the midst because I, did, I didn't want to have too long a subject. So, but a, the plumb line in the midst is, means it's God's reckoning uh, in the midst of his people, and I think this is where we are living. And I want to always bring you a current word. When I was a young man in church, our pastor always said, there are sermons and then there are messages uh, that anyone can prepare a sermon and preach it at any time. But a message is something that God gives you for that people and at, at that moment and so the Lord has given me a lot of messages for you Amen. he's given me a lot of messages for you and so I want to share this as a message the plumb line in the midst uh, and then I put under that parenthetically I put righteousness justice and truth because that's what the plumb line is about righteousness, justice, and truth. And I'll give you this also. It, it, Jesus Christ is all of those things. So then Jesus revealed in the form of righteousness, justice, and truth. And this is what God is doing in the earth, and you and I are part of it. Reminds me of the old preacher who said in his prayer, Lord, whatever you do, don't do it without me. And that's how I feel. That's how I want you to feel as well, to always be in the thick of what God is doing. Amos, uh, giving you a bit of background, Amos proclaimed God's judgment upon his people for failing 
to live by God's standards of justice and of righteousness. So, so God, God sent Amos uh, to proclaim God's judgment on his people because they were failing to live by God's standards of justice and righteousness. So God has a standard, and he wanted them to live by it. So uh, Amos, in this story, this narrative, I'm going to be talking from Amos chapter 7. Amos pleaded with God to relent his judgment, to, to stop his judgment, to hold back his judgment. Uh, and in the place of the judgments that God had pronounced, uh, God places a plumb line, uh, a plumb line uh, in the midst of the people and let me show you what a plumb line is. A plumb line is a weight suspended from a string, and it's used as a vertical reference line. It, and, and, it, and, and in this plumb line, it, it, this is suspended from this string. This plumb bob here is suspended from this string. Uh, it's, it's, it's used as a vertical uh, reference, but it's also used in a building to make sure that the walls are straight and everything is centered properly. So if I hold this up, now th I'm holding this. This line is perfectly straight. It's not leaning to the left. It's not leaning to the right. It's not going north or south. It's perfectly straight. And so that's how you build buildings. And, but but you, you have to use this plumb line or we call it a plumb bob. Some of these men could probably tell you more uh, better than I am. I am, uh, uh, I always tell everybody, I'm a light blue collar guy. <laughs> a very light blue collar. So I'm not like some of these guys. You know, my blue collar was almost white. <laughs> I could do these things, but I, I wasn't like some guys who could do these things. Well, uh, this makes sure that, that, that this is going to ensure uh, that everything is right and it's justified and centered. So what God did was he put a plumb line in the mixed midst of his people. And we're going to look at that in this message. In, in, in my Spanish Bible, I really love Spanish. And uh, I don't speak it too well. I try. Uh, Nathan and I, now that he's almost always somewhere with me, uh, he speaks Spanish better than I do. But I know more words than he knows. So what I couldn't do in sentence structure, I, I do it, did it in vocabulary. <laughs> so, but, so let me tell you my, my little feeble attempt at Spanish here because I thought it's important that I read it in Spanish because Spanish has what we call that nuance, that meaning that sometimes is not so spoken. Those of you who speak Spanish, you should perfect it and keep speaking it because there are things, especially in Scripture, that you will grasp, I think, easier than those of us who speak only English. And I, I've gotten on to you about not sharing those be beautiful truths with us. In, in Spanish, he says, uh, he tells us, busquen, busquen primeramente el reino de Dios y su justicia, y todas estas cosas les serán añadidas. And so what he tells us is that we are to look for, we are to search for, not just look, but search for primarily the kingdom of God. So our goal in life as believers is to really seek, search for, 
uh, look for the kingdom of God primarily and God's justice. Wow. Now, now in, in, in Spanish, justicia is not just righteousness, it's both justice and righteousness. They are inseparable in Spanish language. But now in English, we, we use justice and we use righteousness. In Spanish, it tells you, you cannot be just. You cannot seek justice without being righteous. If you're a righteous person, you will want justice. But not just justice for you, justice, period. And that's how that is. And so he tells us to search for it in Espanol. Search for Let me tell you a little bit more about Amos. Uh, before Amos began prophesying, he had been one of the shepherds of Tekoa, a town in the hill country of Judah, about 10 miles south of Jerusalem. He was a sheep breeder. Amos evidently managed their own large herds of sheep and goats and was in charge of other shepherds. And we, get the, we gather this from Amos 7, uh, verse 14. The, 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 the prophet further described himself as a shepherd and as one who took care of sycamore fig trees. So he maybe had a, a side business of sycamore fig trees. Perhaps it was something he really enjoyed doing. He, he lived, uh, he obviously uh, was a, a substantial citizen. Uh, he was a, a rancher, a farmer, and he seemed to have been very respected in the community, and God chose him. He lived in, in uh, times of material prosperity. The long reigns of, of uh, Uzziah and Jeroboam II, Uzziah was king in Judah, which was the southern kingdom, of Israel. I'm going to say of Israel. But Israel was the northern kingdom, and Jeroboam II uh, ruled the northern kingdom. Jeroboam II was son of Jeroboam I, who rebelled against Solomon in the days of Solomon. Solomon was looking to destroy him, or just to use a good old country word, kill him. And uh, so he fled to uh, Egypt and, and lived in Egypt. You always wanted to stay away from Egypt. Stay away from those foreign places. See, David, when he was uh, threatened by Saul, Saul wanted to kill him, he didn't go to Egypt, he went to the wilderness. And so that is a point I would love to explore with you when we have more than the few minutes I have allotted myself. And so uh, they, they lived in a time of prosperity, and what prosperity did was it damaged both Israel and Judah. Because then Jeroboam the first, when he went to Rehoboam, Solomon's son, he rebelled against him because Rehoboam listened to the advice of those who had grown up with him rather than the wise men who counseled the wisest man purported to have ever lived before Jesus. He was, Solomon was considered the wisest man who had ever dawned this planet. And, and Rehoboam, the now young king, rejected those men's counsel. And he, he, he said, Let's, I'm going to talk to my boys, my homeboys. And he talked to them, and he lost the kingdom, and the kingdom was divided. No, this is not the purpose of my message, but you want to be careful who you listen to. You want to be careful. And another thing you want to be careful of is material prosperity. My dad used to say, to us when we, we boys would start to act up. Not my youngest brother here. He was not one of those acting up. 
I acted up because I had a brother ahead of me who would do things to me, and I had to act up to defend myself. I, had, I hadn't grown to the place where I depended on God. <laughs> but Dad would say these words. He would say, son, son, don't let the devil make a fool of you. Don't let the devil do that. He was saying that it was the devil's work who would make me act out of character. And I'm just saying to all of us that the church is in a, a, a place where the enemy wants to make us look like idiots to the world and the world system. He wants to make us look like idiots. We're the body of Christ. We're the church of the living God. But he wants to make us look like we're just like those rank sinners. And a lot of us are cooperating. The northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, uh, and the northern kingdom especially, but they were both prosperous, but the northern kingdom was at the zenith of its power. It was really doing very well when God came and said, wait a minute, you're not plumb. You're, you're not in alignment with, with what I have given you. I've given you my law, and you have transgressed my law, and judgment was coming. So let me give you the three visions that Amos had. In verse 1, he had a vision of locusts. Uh, verse 1, let's read. Thus the Lord God showed me before he formed locust swarms at the beginning of the late crop. Indeed, it was the late crop after the king's mowings. So that means that the king harvested all of the, uh, the crop, the grass, or, or, or the, the grain there for his benefit. And after that, the locusts were going to come. That is, he could feed his animals, keep them alive. And uh, so he got the first. Then uh, the, the second was for others. Verse 2 says, and so it was when they had finished eating the grass of the, the land, speaking of the locusts, that I said, oh, Lord God, forgive, I pray. He's saying, forgive Israel for their transgression. Forgive, I pray, he says. Oh, that Jacob may stand, for he is small. And so he's interceding. He is saying, remember your covenant with Jacob before he was Israel, the prince, uh, the one who had striven with man and had overcome, and now he had prevailed even against the angel of the Lord. But he says, no, remember Jacob, that one you made the covenant with. He is small. He, he, don't crush him. So the Lord relented, or he said, okay, I won't do it. He relented concerning this. It shall not be, said the Lord. So the Lord says, I won't let the locusts destroy everything so that all, all of you die from starvation. Uh, and those of you who live, you live by, by scratching out whatever you can find. And so he said, okay, I, I won't do it. But, and then the next vision he had, Amos had. Remember, Amos was minding his own business with his farm and his animals and his sycamore fig trees. And God says, you are my prophet, come. You know, I, that's an amazing thing. God can do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a kid, and I knew that God called me. Just playing on the playground. <laughs> playing in the dirt. But I knew he called me. But I ran from the call. You can't run. There's the old, the old Joe Lewis, Billy Kahn thing. You, if you know anything about boxing, some of you do. Uh, Billy, uh, Joe Lewis was the heavyweight champion of the world. and He was formidable, and, and they just couldn't beat him. And Billy, uh, Billy Kahn was an up-and-coming lightweight. He could box. He could box. He could pop. You would run and pop. You would run. And they were saying, Joe, Billy Kahn is a fighter that you haven't met yet. 
what do you what do you say to, about Billy Kahn? He says, "Well, he can run, but he can't hide." <laughs> and so that's the way it is with us. You can run when God calls you. God doesn't make a mistake when he calls you. When he calls you, you may run, but you can't hide. I sense right now that there are some young people in here who are trying to run away from the call of God, and the parents are leading them, them and they keep trying to run away. I say to you, you can run, but you can't hide. Amos could not hide. And so the, in verse 4, it says, Thus the Lord God showed me, behold, the Lord called for conflict by fire. And it consumed the great deep and devoured the territory. Then I said, O oh Lord God, cease, I pray, oh, that Jacob may stand, for he is small. He's interceding. Do you ever intercede like this? When you see people interceding, it's amazing. I've been at the Western Wall, and I saw these Jewish people interceding and praying at the Western Wall. I thought they were Pentecostal people. They said, no, they're Jewish. Were interceding. Oh, they were interceding. They were interceding and praying and praying. And I don't want to do it. I'm going to get dizzy and fall. But, but they were praying. And this man is praying. He's seeking God. And this is, this, if there were ever a time we should seek God, it is right now. And God said, I'm going to bring about judgment. Now listen, these two nations were at the zenith of their power. They, they, material success was amazing. We as Americans think that material success is our divine right. I've heard you speak, you Americans. <laughs> oh, we Americans, we seem to think it is a divine right that we be su successful. That we talk about the economy like I, folks when I grew up used to talk about God. I must be stepping on some toes. I might have to move away from that. Uh, that's where Israel was when they were judged. And so he said, oh, uh, please, don't do this. So the Lord relented concerning this. This also shall not be said the Lord. So the Lord was saying, I'm not going to cause uh, a drought so severe that the water table evaporates and you can't get any water. He says, I won't do that to Israel and I won't do that to Judah. But now listen at the, at the third one. He says, the vision of the plumb line. Now remember my plumb line here. The vision of the plumb line. He says, thus he showed me. Behold, the Lord stood on a wall. This wall should have been plumb, should have been straight, should not have been crooked, should not have been tilted. So he says, he stood on a wall made with a plumb line. That wall had been made with a plumb line. So that wall should have been straight. But it seems the inference here, I infer that the wall now was not. It says he had a plumb line in his hand, and this is what God said. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. What do you see? A plumb line. All right, you see a plumb line. And this is what God is doing with us, the church today. There's a plumb line. You're not going to hear many messages like this. They're going to be nice, cozy, massaging messages. They'll massage you. You feel like, oh, boy, come on, Pastor, right there. Oh, that feels good. Thank you. <laughs> That's how church is a lot these days. But he says, what do you see? He says, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. I will not pass by them any 
more. I think this is a template for today. It says, the high places of Isaac shall be desolate. That means places of worship there in the northern kingdom. And the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. I will rise with a sword against the house of Jeroboam. The Lord held in his hand this plumb line, and this plumb line was used to test existing walls. It was to make sure that, a struct, uh, that the walls were constructed straight up and down, that they were not leaning to the left, believers, nor leaning to the right. You see, the lie has come that says that we must not lean to, to the left, but we should lean to the right. May I just preach a while? So left is not right, nor is right right, but plum is right. Are you with me? I'm just preaching the gospel. I want you to listen to what I'm saying. A plumb line was used to see whether they had settled or tilted, needing to be torn down. And so what God was saying is, Israel, you need to be torn down because you are leaning to the left, you're leaning to the right, and not, neither side is what I want. I want you to look to God, look to heaven, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What God is saying is that we must keep our eyes on him and he will tell us where to stand. Whenever the wall was leaning either left or right, it meant that it had a foundational problem. The foundation now needed some help, some work. I'm just saying to you that the church needs foundational help. That's all I'm saying. I, I want to get a little bit further in this message. And if you'll just let me, I will do what I didn't do in the other two. But you, you see, Israel had failed the judgment. They had failed the plumb line test. I'm saying to us today that what I see in the visible church, we're failing the plumb line test. Israel's plumb line was probably the law. They were failing to keep God's law. I say our plumb line is the cross of Christ right in the midst, and we are failing to keep the cross. We're failing to keep that. So it's a matter of judgment. So having failed the test of the plumb line, the nation's chief structures were going to be dealt with. And this is what will happen for both Israel and Judah. The, their chief structures were dealt with. Which, what do you think they were? They were both religious and political. You know, it's amazing. You know, you read the Bible all your life, and God shows you things you never saw. It's just mind-blowing to me. I'm telling you, this is just mind-blowing. I didn't teach this based on what has happened in the last several weeks. I haven't. I, this was prepared beforehand, and I, I was just too wobbly up here to preach it. <laughs> I was too wobbly. And some of you saw me, and I, it, it, I wasn't, it wasn't anything wrong. It was just that I, I got too winded up here because of the long time away in consecration. The cross of Christ is God's plumb line, meaning that God demands that we be plumb with the cross. You see, the cross is vertical first. It's vertical before it's horizontal. And if you and I don't have it right with God, if we don't have the cross, the righteousness of, of God, we don't, if we don't have that right, if we don't have the justice of God right, if we don't have the truth of God right, then we are not plumb with God. 
So that means that, that for us, justice is something that is an imperative for us. We must be about just not this we call social justice. So, no, justice. Because justice is for everybody. And we must all love justice. If we don't love justice, we're not righteous. That's what the Bible is teaching us. It's so simple, isn't it? We're not righteous if we don't love justice. And we're not just if we don't walk righteously. So, and so this is what the cross has to do with. So we as believers must ask ourselves, we must not demand things of each other that we are unwilling to do ourselves. We must not demand things of our nation that we have failed to do. We demand things of secular people that we, the people who say we have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the uncreated God living within us, and we can't do it, but we expect the world to do it. That's wrong. And it's wrong also to go all over the internet. Now, I don't know what you do. I don't watch. I don't follow any of you. I, I mean, I'm on the internet. I don't even know what's on my page. I have to, my wife said, go check your page. Oh, who put this up there? So I'm, I'm going to have to do something about that. But this is my point with us. Let us be the people of God. We must be the people that Jesus died for. The scripture says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He doesn't say, oh, he, he is for this kind of change and that kind of change. He's, he takes this left position, this right position. No, you have to be plumb. You have to be directly directed toward God. And then, then and only then will we treat our neighbors right. Now listen, the cross is a non-negotiable. Why? Because in the cross we see righteousness, we see justice, we see truth. We see the righteous dying for the unrighteous. We see the just dying for the unjust. And so God expects us to do the same. I said to one of our young pastors, when I met a young man who had been a part of this church when he was a young boy, a young teenager, and he said he came back to see us, and I told you this, I think, last week. But when he came back to, to see us, and he said, Pastor Don, you remember me? Uh, many moons have passed. And so I said, tell me your name. I learned that from my wife. Tell me your name. Help me with your name. And he told me, Josh, oh, Josh, yes, I remember you. And we, were, we hugged. I said, let's forget COVID for the, the moment. And we hugged. And, and I said, I'm so glad to see you. And he said, Pastor you gave me a word when I was a member here, and I, that word has kept me, and I'm successful. I've done everything that you told me to do, and, and I thought, whoa, I was so excited, so blessed. And this is what I said to the young pastor who was a part here of the church. I said, give your life away. And what I'm saying to each of you, give your life away. That's what Jesus did. You were purchased because someone gave his life away. Give your life away. That's what it means to be plumb, to give yourself to God in such a way that you're so God-directed, you don't lean to the left and you don't lean to the right. You're too busy being straight. So let us know that these are non-negotiables. I'm going to ask you quickly, what are you measuring your life uh, by what do you measure your life by? If you measure it by anything but the cross, you fail. Because the cross 
has everything. The plumb line of God has everything to do with righteousness, that is, living in right relationship with God and your neighbor. And it has to do with righteousness, just and tr and justice, and truth on behalf of others. I'm going to, I had hoped I would get further along in my message. But let me just say, the prophet was shown for the third time a vision of judgment. And that time, the sentence was unalterable. God says, this is unalterable. This is what I believe God has shown me. The internet has produced a lot of pretty bad folks. People that we didn't know were nutty. Now we know they're nutty. <laughs> a lot of self-proclaimed prophets all over. Do you notice, if you haven't seen them, you look at them. I was sent several prophetic statements, and they all were not prophesying. They were prophesying because the things they said have not come true, and they, they proved that they were wrong, 100% wrong. This is all I'm saying to you. Don't get your information from people over the Internet that you don't know. You don't know their life. You don't know their manner of living. Don't get your information. Don't start liking and, and sending stuff all over, spreading lies and falsehoods. Please don't do that stuff. But you should go with those you know whose lives are proven, those who go and separate themselves to the Lord and fast and pray so they won't lie to you so they won't talk about feelings to you, so that they'll get bread directly from heaven. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. You want to be plumb with God. Now, let me say, and I will be done. If you and I are not plumb with God, I don't believe God is going to send you to hell. But I believe that God will take you from this earth and keep you from messing things up for folks. I believe that. He will take you out of the way. No, I don't think you will go to hell. Because if he saved you, he saved you. But he saved you to walk uprightly and not to take all these positions, worldly positions that believers are taking. I want to say this as I go to my seat for a moment because we're going to have this song, we're going to worship, and then we're going to uh, have a baptism and I'll come back. Uh, but let me just say, God is giving us redemption in the sense that he is giving us a reset. I talked about reset in this church way back and now I'm hearing worldly people talk about reset. I don't want reset to become a political issue for any of you because I, we were talking about reset and revealing before I heard one word of reset in the world. You see the world Satan is, is a counterfeiter and he can't, he's original in nothing. And so he counterfeits, and what he wants to do is make reset now and revealing a political issue. Don't drink the poison. Listen to what I want to say. When the Lord told me about reset and revealing, it was, it, was, it was revelation to me that he was giving us an opportunity to get back in the starting blocks. Some of us have messed up. All of us have messed up in some way or the other. Every one of us. If you're here and you don't think you have messed up, you just did. So we have, so God said, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get this thing right. And what I want us to do, what I want us to do is get it right. That is, we, we can do some works over. And I'm going to come back and I'll take a few minutes and we'll talk more about it. You can examine yourself now. And uh, have I been a problem or ha have I been a problem solver?
Have I been a part of all of this mess that's going on? People now calling angels to come from Africa and join us here in America and come from South America. Or either the, pre, the, the, the prophets who prophesied and, and, and I was, God told me, God told me. And I was thinking this as I go to my seat for a moment. I was thinking, and this is not a boast. I don't wear a badge. I, I fast, not because I have a gift. I fast because of obedience. I never wanted to fast more than three or four days. Never, ever. And so God has called me to do these things. And I was fasting this last series of six, seven-day fasts, which were 42 days. And I got pretty gaunt up here. But I, I was talking to Jesus and talking to Jesus and had a, about four major experiences I shared with you a bit last week. But I was, I was talking to Jesus, and he was telling me nothing that these Internet prophets were getting. Absolutely nothing. And I'm thinking, if I am wrong about it, and I'm not saying I'm infallible, I'm not infallible. But I said, if I'm wrong, I need to close shop, resign, and go back to the farm and sit down until God talks to me. What I'm saying to all of us, let us be wary of all of the lies and the traps that are out there. They are about not so much taking America down, but you down. Because you are the light of the world. You are the city on the hill. You are the salt of the earth. I'll be back in a moment.